This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by the Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips. I'm Chris Lim, digital editor at the Business Times, and I'm happy to say this is our one hundredth episode. As such, I think I deserve a little help. So today, I'm roping in the newest member of the podcast team, correspondent Howie Lim. Thanks, Chris. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, and I can't wait to find out what your three-year journey to one hundred episodes has been like. And of course, we haven't forgotten what's made this podcast so popular and lasting: actionable tips to help you to financial freedom. But given the year and a half of uncertainty we've had, a seemingly counterintuitive theory has surfaced: that there are perils to holding on to too much cash, and that you actually risk losing money to what's called cash drag. So we'll be speaking to David Kuo, co-founder of the Smart Investor, for more insights in a bit. In the meantime, we're happy David's joined us to celebrate Money Hacks's 100th episode. Thanks for taking the time, David. You're welcome. Thank you. Bit disappointed you didn't bring your jester jingles, but I have to say though, Chris, it's hard for me to wrap my head around too much cash being a problem, especially since I'm a risk-averse person who basically keeps her money in a Milo Kong under the mattress. Okay, I'm being facetious. In the bank, more like it. I can practically hear David rolling his eyes in tandem with me. I mean, he'll talk us through what's wrong with that and how you could potentially lose money or well, potential earnings, and why it might be a better idea to have your money work for you, as well as the importance of multiple income streams. Sounds like a plan, and I'm also excited to ask you about 100 episodes of Money Hacks, Chris. That's quite a feat. Looking back, which was your favorite episode, you think, and why? Or have I done the awful and asked you to pick a favorite child? Well, it's not episode one, I can tell you that. But I mean, you have <laughs> indeed asked me a question that's awfully difficult to answer. Tying into this episode's topic, though, I've really enjoyed many episodes we've done. On various robo advisors, because they not only represent a relatively new and now slightly crowded market in Singapore, but have also lowered the bar for investing and making your cash work harder for you. Your efforts have paid off, though. The podcasts are educational, and the varied topics allow anyone to learn something. Hi, I'm Ash, and I'm a social media executive. I'm 24 this year, and the Money Hacks episode, which sticks out for me, is the one about how us working young people should get a financial plan early for retirement. But seriously, how to think of that at 24? But it made me think. Looking at my older friends who are struggling, I really should, and so I did. And the HSBC guest said to do annual portfolio rebalancing, so I've scheduled that too. If you're gonna do something, do it properly, right? So keep up the good work, Money Hacks, and happy 100. That must have been heartening to hear, Chris. It certainly is, because as a Gen Xer, I wish I could turn back the clock and start investing earlier. Because even though the maximum start early is almost trite, many people say that time in the market is more important than trying to time the market. So, if we've helped our younger listeners harness the power of compounding, hey, I think we've done our job. Let's get David into the conversation. What do you think, David? That's really interesting because ultimately, what we're talking about is learning, and we are constantly learning. Do you know something, Howie? I was looking at a website the other day, and it was trying to work out how long a person could actually live from the day to day. 
And in my case, there is a 10% chance that I'm going to live to the year 100. In other words, I'm going to be a centenarian. There's a 10% chance of doing that. Somebody who is 10 years of age today, there is a 30% chance that that person will be a centenarian. And so therefore, uh, whilst you are doing your 100th episode, there will be lots of episodes that we will be doing uh, throughout our investing journey. And it is a learning process. And we have to learn as we go along. When I first started investing, there was no such thing as exchange-traded funds. You mentioned robo-advisors. And so therefore, it is a learning process. And we are learning every single day about new things in the market. And that is absolutely vital why these kind of podcasts are so important for people to tune into. You regularly dish out finance advice as well. What do you think you've learned all this time? I think the most important thing, Howie, is that we have to start now. Uh, don't wait until tomorrow. One, one of the big problems that people have with investing is, uh, I'm not going to do it now, I'm going to do it later, uh, because I have got lots of things that I need to do at the moment. But the longer you wait before you start investing, uh, the worse it's going to be for you. And as far as anyone is concerned, I don't have a problem of what you invest in. Chris mentioned robo-advisors. He talked about dollar cost averaging. I mean, all of those are mechanisms for you to invest in, but it is better to do something than to do nothing, uh, which is why we're talking about cash today. If we do nothing with our cash and we just simply leave it idle in the bank account somewhere, even with something like 2% inflation, it means that the $100 you have today will only be worth $98 at the end of the year. Now, that's not a big problem for a lot of people. Something that costs two bucks more is not going to change your life. But if you leave it sitting there for 20 years, that $100 is going to be worth $67 in 20 years' time. And if we leave it there for 40 years doing nothing, it's only going to buy us $44 worth of stuff in 40 years' time. So you're going to be losing money just by doing nothing. And that is why I say to people, I don't care what you invest in. By all means, you know, have a look at funds, have a look at anything you want, but just do something with your money and just don't do nothing with your money. And if you like Money Hacks so far, please subscribe to Money Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. My name is Jack Cole, and I'm 41. I'm a researcher. I'm not new to investing per se, but given what's been happening, the Money Hacks episode why insurance is good risk management during uncertain times was a reminder for me to rein in the panic and keep calm. I also liked the episode on financial mistakes the sandwich generation is making. One or two of them really struck home. So congratulations, Money Hacks, on your 100th episode. That too must have been heartening to hear, Chris. It's not just the younger listeners that you're reaching out to, Gen Xs like myself, and also whom you just heard from, Jack. They're learning from the Money Hacks episodes as well. Absolutely. It's very encouraging to know that it's not too late to invest. You don't have to be 20 or 25 or or 30, which I'm way past. (laughs) It's nice to know that there is still light at the end of the tunnel and time to get into the market. And if you're in your 40s, for example, or your 50s, there's still a point at starting to invest or continuing to invest. 
You're listening to the 100th episode of Money Hacks, and today we're speaking to David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor, about the perils of holding on to too much cash. Now, David, our colleague at the Business Times, Vivian Xiao, wrote an article about this, and banks she spoke to also an increase in average balances of their customers' deposits. So, David, why is this a bad idea? And what are the opportunity costs of holding on to that cash in terms of how it affects longer-term financial goals? Okay, well, we don't really know too much about the customers at the bank. Uh, but ultimately, uh, what we have is the rule of 100 that we can use. And what the rule of 100 tells us is that the amount of cash that you should be holding should be relative to your age. So in other words, a child that is born today should have 100% of their money invested in the stock market. In other words, they should be holding no cash whatsoever, simply because that child is going to be living for a very long period of time and cash is going to be eroded by inflation. But as somebody gets older, the amount of cash that they hold should start to increase because ultimately we do know that the stock market is very volatile. It can go down as well as going up. And so therefore, the older you are, the less money you want to have in the stock market and the more money you want to have in such things as bonds and cash because you haven't got the luxury of time to allow the stock market to recover. So to say that uh, somebody that is holding too much cash is not entirely correct simply because we don't know how old that person is. If you're 100 years old, I don't really want any money in the stock market because if it were to crash for whatever reason, I'm not going to have that ability to get that money to recover again. So uh, it is important to consider your age in relation to how much cash you hold. Good, good point, David. But I have a question for you about the current low interest rate environment. Does that affect you know, the amount of money you should have in the stock market, given that even if you're relatively risk averse, or even if you're older, your money's not working very hard for you if it's sitting in a bank account. The impetus for many people is to put it into the stock market because at least there's some yield there. Well, you're absolutely right, Chris. And, and that is a very important point because if we consider that the stock market can grow at, say, 8% a year, if you had $100 in the stock market, then that $100 would be growing at 8% a year. But let's say that you are somebody who wants to put only half that money in the stock market. So you put $50 in the stock market and the other $50 you're putting in a bank account that's earning nothing. On that aggregate of $100 that you have, of which 50 is in the stock market and 50 is in cash, the return that you're going to be getting on your $100 is now going to be 4%. If you're only going to be earning 4% on your investment, it's going to take you an awful long time in order for uh, that money to grow. And whilst I, I, I appreciate the fact that some people are very risk averse, have a look at that risk aversion in relation to your age. So we have this thing called the rule of 72, which means that you divide the expected return into 72. And if something is growing at 8%, it means that you're likely to double your money every nine years. But if you then drop down to only a 4% return, it's going to take you 18 years to double your money. And so that is why people need to have a look at the stock market and say, yes, it is very volatile and I should have more money in the stock market. But the caveat being that you have to look at it in relation to your age. So you have to balance a number of things, your own risk aversion, your age, and of course, you know how much time you are going to have in order to allow your money to grow. 
What about how much you earn, though, David? Because a recent survey by St. James's Place found that it's high-income earners who tend to let the bulk of their money remain untouched in their bank accounts. However, OCBC's data showed the percentage of savings differed among income groups and that retail customers tend to hold up to 30% more in cash holdings compared to their more affluent counterparts. So what do you make of this? Age seems to have something to do with it, you feel. I, I do. And again, we, we don't really know the age of these people. Generally, you would say that somebody who is a bit older mm. uh, will probably be earning more money. So therefore, the age aspect is such that they might think, if I'm 50 or 60 years of age, uh, I don't really want to be holding that much in uh, the stock market. But what they tend to forget is that there is a good chance that they're going to live until 100. So just because you are 60, which is what I am at the moment, it doesn't make me old, right? Mm. What it really reminds me is that I've still got another 40 years to go. And so therefore, I need to be putting my money into something that will generate a return that will beat inflation. Not not just beat inflation by a couple of percent, beat inflation suitably so that I'm going to have enough money by the time that I do decide that I no longer want to work anymore. And that is the most important part, that wealthy people have that luxury because they do have cash. And so therefore, they probably don't need to take as much risk as somebody who is younger and needs that extra return in order to be comfortable by the time they do decide to retire. David, do you have some advice then for listeners? I mean, it sounds like you've mentioned a few points in this podcast. Invest in something, do something. The methods, the vehicles are the next step of the conversation, but you need to start doing something you should invest. Then you brought up the point about age, your risk appetite. If you're younger, you should perhaps consider having more money in the stock market because you need your money to grow. And then if you're older, maybe you want to have more in cash. Is there something I missed out? I mean, is that the step then? Start doing something and look at your age and then decide how much to put in the stock market? Is that as simple as that? Uh, you, you are absolutely right, Chris. A, a lot of people talk about stock market investment as though it is just some kind of hobby. Uh, whereas for, for, for me, what I am saying is that you need to know where you are now, where you want to be at a certain period in time. It could be 30 or 40 years from today. So you need to know where you are now, where you want to be in 40 years time. Then you have to say, how much do I need to invest now over that 40 year period in order to get to where I want to be? If you don't know where you are now or where you want to be in the future, it's a bit like jumping into a car and just starting it up and driving and you don't know where you're going to. So you must have a starting point and an end point and say, where am I going? Now, uh, this is, by the way, not a plug for my book, but I've actually finished writing my book and I'm about to be sending it to my publisher. And it really sort of points out that people need a plan. And if you haven't got a plan, then all you're simply doing is just wavering around, not knowing where you're going. So the plan is crucial. Once you get the plan in place, then you will know how much you need to invest. And if you say, I'm going to put it in the stock market, fine, 8% a year over a 40-year period, will that allow me to get to where I want to be? If it's not, then you're going to have to invest more. If it is sufficient, then you can say, okay, I don't need the whole 8% because I've got plenty of cash going in. And so therefore, I can afford to reduce the amount, uh, reduce the amount of risk that I take in order to achieve what my ultimate goal is going to be. 
That term keeps coming up though, David, people being risk averse. And it all is starting to sound as if you might not just need a financial advisor, you might need um, a psychologist to help talk you through because mindset change is the toughest thing, right? Howie, all you all you need is a good calculator, right? A good calculator will tell you where you are now. Only you will know, Howie, where you are now. And only you will know where you want to be at a certain point in time. What do you want to achieve at that point in time? And the moment you start doing some quick calculations on how inflation is going to be affecting the money that you put in today and how much money you want to be in the future and how you want to draw down that money in the future so that you have freedom to do whatever you want, only when you have those in place will you be able to decide how much you need to invest. Now, there is a general rule of thumb out there that says that uh, the amount of money that you should be investing, it is actually related to your to your age. And so somebody who is younger doesn't have to put away that much money. If you leave it too late, then somebody who is older will have to put in an awful lot more. So a 20-year-old starting work today, if they have not invested any money at all, a 20-year-old should put in 20 divided by 2. So you halve your age. So a 20-year-old should put in 10% of his or her salary starting today until the time they want to retire. Now, if you leave it until you are 40 years old, then you're going to have to put aside 40 divided by 2, which is 20% of your salary. And if you put away 20% of your salary... That could be an awful lot of money in order to achieve the pot that you want. And so it is vitally important that people start thinking about where they are now, where they want to be in the future. If you don't know those two things, then as I said earlier on, it's a bit like jumping into a car and saying, I'm going. Where are you going? If you don't know where you're going, then you're just going to end up driving around the whole of the island and getting back to where you were without achieving anything. Worse if you don't know how to drive. (laughs) You can always walk like me or catch the bus. Well, thank you so much for helping us out today, David, on our 100th episode of Money Hacks. It's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you, Chris. And thank you, Howie, for inviting me onto your 100th episode. I look forward to the next 100 episodes of Money Hacks. We've been discussing the perils of holding on to too much cash. That's a wrap for this 100th episode of Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times. But don't forget to subscribe to BT Money Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. That was an SBH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.